Welcome to Side Order, the new monthly series from the Anyone for Second podcast team, where we keep it casual and just have a chat. With me today is Dave. Say hello, Dave. Hello, Dave. And I am me. Me being Matt. Welcome to the inaugural recording of Side Order, second time over. <laughs> yeah, um, the, the first time was emotional. Dave had technical issues. I always have technical issues, but the technical issues were many and numerous. But anyway, this is the first time doing this, so it's going to be amazing, and the magic's still going to be there for the first time. I'm, I'm sure it is. So the way I envisioned side order working, and hopefully you concur still, is that yeah. I have a couple of things I want to chat about. Hopefully you have a couple of things you want to chat about, and then we'll just freestyle. But I do have a yeah. bonus category that you don't know what it is, that you haven't heard right. before, that I am going to drop <laughs> on you, and you're going to act equally surprised this first time around. Okay? Okay, yes. Would you like to kick off this time, just to mix up from our last recording? I don't know what you mean. This is the first recording, and it was amazing. And it will be amazing. I'm, I'm sure it will be, third time around. <laughs> anyway, I'll tell you what we will start with. So very, very recently, I actually watched Bill and Ted face the music. Excellent. Excellent. It's really, really weird to see two, I think they must be in their 50s now, playing essentially the same characters they played in the 80s, but they, they haven't grown up, so they've still got the same mannerisms and things. It's very, very weird. <laughs> I, I'm all for that. Considering a lot of people were saying that it was the best film of last year, I just based purely off the fact that pretty much nothing came out last year. Mm. Um, I'm not sure I would agree. It was good. Don't get me wrong. But it's not as great as people kind of made it out to be. So what we have here is Bill and Ted in the future, in present day, still married to their wives who have been uh, recast, don't know why, uh, and they've still not recorded the song that brings the whole universe and everything together in complete harmony. So it's just them being told, oh, you've now got 24 hours to, to try and record this song, and it's them kind of, uh, without spoiling it too much, it's them trying to find a way to get hold of the tracks while their daughters... Uh, also, funnily enough, I think called Bill and Ted. Well, it's Billy and uh, Teddy. It might be Teddy. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, please, no spoilers. I've not seen this. I may very well yeah, watch no. this later. Yeah. Um, I mean, I pretty much called it as soon as it started, how it was going to end. But it was still quite a most triumphant ending. Uh, kind of goosebumps really did stand on end. I did enjoy it. It's a little bit predictable. You can kind of see where it's going, and you do kind of cringe because of some of the things they get uh, Alex Winters and Keanu Reeves to do. But, yeah, I, I mean, I had a good time with it. I mean, the music's phenomenal as it always is. Oh, if anybody, I'd say if anybody would be interested in spoilers, perhaps you and I could do a little uh, late to the party on it. Yeah, possibly. That, mm. that is always an option later on down the line. 
And I think I'm just trying to think of anything else that I've watched. I mean, a lot of the time I've been spent watching a lot of TV. So I've been watching a lot of Castle, which is our boy Nathan Fillion playing yeah. a, uh, a writer. And he follows Detective Kate Beckett around her acting as like a muse for uh, Richard Castle. So that's quite fun. ABC TV series that ran for like eight series. I think I'm on series six or something at the minute. So yeah, I'm really quite enjoying that, getting into that at the minute as well. So I... Nice. Yeah, I thought so as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, to compare and contrast, as you might expect, I've now, unlike on our previous recording, I have now finished The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Ooh, have you now? What do yes, you think? Yes, I have. I really enjoyed it. It's a great mini series. So, uh, compared to One Division, where each episode was around thirty minutes and there was more episodes, this is more of a traditional six-episode run, but more like forty-five to fifty minutes apiece. Yeah, yeah. It has like the buddy comedy thing going on to a degree, yeah. because Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan riff off each other quite well. And they do have a developing relationship of how they interact. Um, sort of the show picks up with the Falcon dealing with being given Captain America's shield to take on the mantle of Captain America. And Bucky's dealing with the PTSD. You know, he's uh, Arthur Endgame uh, and everything. He's been brought back to reality. He's just fought two wars and now he's having time to actually go, there's no wars to fight. I'm no longer the Winter Soldier. I'm my own man. And how to cope with that, essentially and fit in with modern yeah. society. Um, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's got lots of punch in, which I like. It's got some interesting <laughs> lore set up for later universe and film times, potentially. Um, I was going to say, because I've mm. read this morning, that they are now talking about Captain America 4. Are they now? Okay, I have no idea. We will have to wait and see. Um um, I would yeah. comment that Wyatt Russell's casting um, as John Walker is brilliant. Like much <laughs> of the internet, I did not make the association that that's Kurt Russell's and Goldie Hawn's son. Um, but once I made the connection, you can see it in his visual tics uh, and his voice and accent. And you're like, if I didn't know better, if I squinted at the screen, I'd be going, that's Kurt Russell. <laughs> um, which is quite good. Um, I won't say no more than that because I don't want to comment any spoilers because the series finale has only just happened and it's one of those really binge-worthy shows. Yeah, I think I'm definitely going to get around to it along with the Division as well because I've still not watched Division yet. I've not made enough time to kind of uh, sit down and properly get into that because I think that's going to be an afternoon job just to get it out of the way. Yeah. Well, not even get it out of the way. What is it? Five, five episodes of... 30 minutes or something? Uh, might be eight episodes. Well, that's like three, four hours, isn't it? I could do that in the sitting easily. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's definitely it. definitely a one-sitting job. Yeah, especially after bloody uh, uh, the Snyder Cut the other week. Oh, speaking of the Snyder Cut. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Have you seen, and I'm so pleased, that they've confirmed Michael Keaton for the Flash film rather than Christian Bale, because apparently they were courting Christian Bale to star in that, and I was so angry. No, I, 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 yeah, I was like, no, 
You want Michael Keaton back? I want Michael Keaton back. Arguably the best movie Batman going, and he was for a long period of time. Do not want Christian Bale. And arguably, I think it was an unfounded rumour because he should technically be busy filming 4-4 at the moment, which I understand he's starring in. So there's no way he could be involved in Is The he? Flash. Yeah, he's involved in 4-4. I, mm. I, I didn't know he was in 4-4. 4-4? 4-4. Uh, what's the subtitle? God of Thunder? Love and Thunder. That's love, and love Thunder. And yeah. Yeah, he's in Four Love and Thunder. So it makes yeah. perfect sense for him not to return as Batman because arguably shouting, where is it? He's not Batman. <laughs> that is not the world's greatest detective. That That's just not Batman. So I'm so glad that Michael Keane's still on board because apparently um, somebody mm. who's seen um, promo images of his Batmobile being the classic Ooh. 1989 Batmobile. And I'm like, oh, yes. Not seen them leaked online, but apparently someone on set has seen it. And I'm like, yes. Like, arguably, I was really worried about Christian Bale, and I've said this to you before. I would have rather yeah. George Clooney come back. Didn't have to dress up as Batman or anything. He could just play Bruce Wayne, because essentially George Clooney is now just Bruce Wayne anyway, just wandering around being rich. Um, Selling coffee. Nespresso's, yeah. Yeah, selling Nespresso. <laughs> and I'm like, that's that's essentially Bruce Wayne's cover. That that would be perfect. I can I could see him nail that part now. Uh it'd be fine. But no, I'm glad yeah. that Michael Keaton is getting his chance to come back as Batman. I know there was a big question mark because I think last time I checked, he was literally deciding whether he wanted to risk his life to be Batman because obviously they're filming I think they're filming in the UK at the moment. Yeah. And with the ongoing coronavirus concerns and pandemic, he was kind of weighing up, is it really worth flying out here Yeah, to potentially catch it? Obviously, um, I mean, he's not a young man anymore, let's be honest. He must be no. in his, he's obviously in his 60s, 70s now, I want to say. Yes, he, he's definitely in, in borderline at-risk group. But, but yeah. fortunately, he's decided that he is Batman and nothing will stop him. So I'm, I'm pleased for that. He's been saying for years that he's Batman. He, I mean, he even encouraged us, encouraged Americans to go out and vote because he's Batman and Batman says so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I remember he did a speech for university as part of their um, graduations. And he just walked up to the podium, did his speech, and at the end he went, oh, yeah, never forget, I'm Batman. <laughs> I'm like, She's yes. all Yes, exactly. That's all I want. Um, exactly. So I'm, um, I'm so down for that. But whilst we're talking about superheroes, let's pivot away from DC back to Marvel. Have you yes. watched? Have you watched the Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings trailer from Marvel Studios? I, I, I have. Um... Don't know how to feel about it. I'm excited in one part, but another me is kind of thinking, well, we've just had 10 years of MCU. Well, well, yeah, 10 years, and then last year doesn't count. We're, we're writing off 2020. So we've just had 10 years of MCU interconnected stories, and if you're, all right, the future is wide open. I mean, they've, they've started filming. Uh, they're filming the Ms. Marvel TV show at the moment. I think they started filming She-Hulk literally today, time of recording, because paparazzi have been on the set. They've found the set and taken pictures 
of uh, Tatiana Maslany, I think her name is. Uh, yeah, I kind of watched the trailer. But I was like, yeah, I don't think necessarily I'm going to get a lot of it, but I know that you, Matt, are because it's just like kung fu and martial arts. Yeah, it's martial <laughs> arts. I, I'm all in. I saw that and I went, yes. Uh, it's got looks to have lots of great choreography. And the thing I'm most excited about is you don't often get martial arts films with the budgets they need it, uh, from Hollywood. Um, more yeah, so totally. you do in Asia uh, from the Asian studios, but they never do perform particularly well uh, in uh, the Western world. You know, they never tend to get big cinema releases or anything. So I'm really curious to see what a Kung Fu film can do with Marvel money. And based on the trailer, I'm liking what I've seen so far about on the Kung Fu. Um, mm. I like also that the casting is comic book accurate as far as I can ascertain that, that to quote you, there's been no whitewashing, so it looks to be appropriate. Yeah. And I'm down for that. And I think uh, one of the rumors I saw, which I know we've briefly touched upon, was that there's a fight scene in the forest, which does feel very House of Flying Daggers to me. And I've heard yeah. r rumors that people are going, is that one of the previous Iron Fists? Oh, yeah, I remember you saying about this. Yeah, that hmm. would be a really good way to reintroduce, yeah, Iron Fist back into uh, the Marvel fold. Yeah, totally if just not... wreck, wreck on it. Or, but arguably, when you go, the film's title is Legend of the Ten Rings. I'm curious if we're going to get flashback sequences showing uh, past Iron Fists and uh, Shang-Chi characters or descendants, or not descendants even, uh, ancestors uh, through their history and, and everything and, and how it's all going to tie in against the Mandarin with the Ten Rings. I'm like, oh, yes. Yeah. And I'm totally hoping that those are ten magical fucking rings. Because <laughs> when I first saw Iron Man all the way back in 2008, I'm one of the guys that kidnapped Tony Stark work for the mandarin uh, no he didn't say he worked for the mandarin said they worked for the ten rings and he wore a ring i'm like oh 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 yeah uh, fast forward a long fucking time uh, and there's just <laughs> no development on that okay we had trevor slattery from iron man 3 which brings me to my next <laughs> point yeah. i know that you haven't necessarily seen the one shot starring trevor slattery being sir ben kingsley yeah, Hail to the King, yeah. Mm. Where essentially he's in prison still playing the character of the Mandarin because he just loves it, and he's just totally <laughs> hamming it up and just going for it because as an actor, everyone in prison sort of respects him for that reason and he's down with it. But essentially there's a riot and someone helps him break out of prison saying that they're acting on behalf of the real Mandarin. And at that time, which I think was 2013, and I'm like, oh, 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 we're going to get Mandarin. That's going to be a big villain and then nothing happens so again now i'm curious are we going to see trevor slattery again or references to him um when they talk about the legend of the mandarin and the ten rings is it is he going to be like mystical figure in the past is it going to be present day i'm curious to see how it all gels in mm. and I'm, I'm i'm so down for this that's the thing with those marvel one shots i know a lot of people are kind of seeing them as always oh, uh fan wish fulfillment because I think that came out long after Iron Man 3, because Iron Man 3, for those who haven't seen it, spoilers, Ben Kingsley plays, obviously he plays a, yeah, he plays an actor, doesn't he? And actually it turns out the real Mandarin is, yeah. 
Guy Pierce somewhere else. Well, no, um, yeah. he, he, Guy Pierce says that he fabricated He's the Mandarin. In, yeah, um, I can't remember Guy Pierce's uh, character's name other than Guy he turned Pierce. red and fiery, and it was just a bit disappointing. And really, Tony Stark should have used the house party protocol right at the start of the film and been done with it. You know, and if you're yeah. inviting the big bad guy to your house for a fight, don't be standing there in your prototype armor. You get in your Hulkbuster armor and you just trounce them. Yeah. But where was I going with my point? So the Marvel one shots, like I say, they are basically wish fulfillment and they do sometimes come true. Because I think the Agent Carter series was originally a Marvel one shot. Yes, it was. Which then, because of its popularity, then spun off into its own two fantastic TV series, which I highly recommend watching if nobody has ever seen them because they are really, really good. Whoa. It's a shame we're not going to get a um We're going to get some... We are getting some more Peggy Carter, though. Oh, and, yeah, we're going to get more Hayley Atwell in the What If series, which I'm hmm. really excited for. I yeah. can't wait for that because that looks amazing. Hmm. Um, I mean, even as far as uh, if you look at... I think there was one that came out, one of the Marvel one-shots that came out after the Avengers film was called uh, Item 47, and that was basically yep. the cleanup crew for the Avengers, and that would yep. later go on to influence uh, Spider-Man Homecoming mm -hmm. with the whole, they're, they're cleaning up the city. Who who cleans up after the Avengers, basically, and yeah. things. See, you could be. It could be argued that the Avengers are the real American patriots because they're creating jobs for people because they're destroying the city. Uh, <laughs> they were until Tony Stark decided that his team should clean up the city, and all of those workers uh, were fired, which led to then the creation of the Mysterio. No Mysterio. No, he doesn't play Mysterio. <laughs> no, no. Tony Stark took over the contractors. For cleaning up in, and as you see in the first Spider-Man film with Tom Holland, Michael Keaton had no option to, but damn. to become the Vulture, and you had the Tinkerer there. All of that's because Tony Stark took the contracts away from the city and had that's his own right. teams doing yes. it. Yeah, you're talking to me about Mysterio. I'm like, no, the the first Spider-Man MCU film. Yeah, they they all get like I said, it's been ten years. Of MCU, that was only three, four years ago. Yeah, but last year doesn't count. And last year, as we all know, well, it wasn't released wasn't last year. <laughs> I know, but it, it all was like anything last else. Year. Thankfully, <laughs> well, again, uh, like Black Widow didn't make out, and potentially that's releasing this summer in the cinema. But I'm, I'm not too worried if I see that or not. Which is the first time I've really had that opinion of a Marvel film for quite a while. Because to my mind, the only way that Black Widow could work as a Marvel film is if genre-wise is a true spy thriller. Then I could see yeah, it working. Yeah. If it's not a true spy thriller, then I, I, I can't see that working. Especially as it's essentially a prequel and you know full well they're going to do some nonsense to try and tie that into uh, later films or such or, or have side, side events. And I'm just, I don't want that. Like, um, have you heard the rumor about Taskmaster that how people in are going, yeah, it's probably just Hawkeye? Oh, for God's sake, really? Yeah, but you know what? I wouldn't put that past Marvel and go, yeah, we've got this really cool character. I know, let's just say, let's just have it Hawkeye and it's yeah. set in Budapest. Um, yeah, like, although there is that, there is that whole thing of 
they technically did a Black Widow film. It just wasn't Black Widow in name. I'm just trying to think desperately what the name of the film was. Had Jennifer Lawrence in it. Was it called Red Red Sparrow, possibly? Yeah, Red Sparrow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. because arguably a lot of people said that was... If they did a Black Widow film like that, I mean, I've personally not seen Red Sparrow. But from what I understand, it's supposed to be very, very good with a lot of... Um, well, it's a spy thriller. To, yeah, exactly. It's a spy thriller with with links back to the Russian... Yeah, uh, which is what we need from... Things. Yeah. Which is what we need from the Black Widow film. But I don't think we're going to get that based on some of the other cast and then characters revealed. Based upon all of no. that, we're, we're getting a... We're not going to get that. I'm sure it'll be good. I just don't have the, the interest in that character in a prequel setting because you're kind of going, you're undoing all of the character development we've had in all of the films leading up to Endgame. So now you've shown us in the past where she's a ruthless hit woman, hit woman, is that a correct term? Or do we just call her a hit man? Assassin. Yeah, where she's a ruthless assassin. I'm like, I, I just don't, it's probably going to be showing her break away from the Russians and defect into the States and S.H.I.E.L.D. But again, I'm just not too bothered about any of that. Yeah. It just doesn't appeal to me. I mean, arguably, even then, even the weaker MCU films are still fun. I'm sure Malekith, the Dark Elf, agrees with you. <laughs> I was just about to say, um, yeah, even though Fall of the Dark World is clearly the weakest of all the four films. Has a good time. Still... He hounds Mjolnir yeah. up on a coat hanger. Yeah, and uh, you know, and obviously the thing they did with Endgame is make it kind of go. Actually, no, you. This is actually quite an important film. All the fans might hate it, but actually, it's quite important. <laughs> which I thought was a quite ballsy move. And even Iron Man two, you can kind of see the the lessons learned from that. They're going, oh well, we need to make it a big, um, interconnected tissue Sorry. film with all these Sorry. things. And even then. Even then, though, you have to admit, some of the set pieces in Iron Man 2 are really, really cool. Yeah, but they're all in. The bit of the racetrack racetrack is phenomenal, and the fight in the park towards the end of the film... Yeah, where they're in the kill box. Yeah, is a good... They're like, this is is what we kill the kill... Yeah, and like, roadies to Tony. Yeah, this is what we kill the kill box. We do not want to be here. And then everybody starts landing all those drones and that. You know what? I'm surprised yeah. they have not tried to bring back Whiplash because they show you him being electrocuted in his shoes, not necessarily dead. Wouldn't surprise me if he's just like one or two doors down in the raft, the raft being where they hold all the supervillains, which yeah. was introduced in, um, I think it was the Avengers films, potentially. I'm like, when, why, why, what? what's to say that Whiplash is actually dead and not just in the raft or somewhere like that? Like, mm. Arguably, that's the, probably the one of the what-ifs I'm most excited for is seeing Jeff Bridges back. What if uh, he hadn't died? Is that an actual episode that they're doing then? That's my understanding, yeah. Oh, that could be cool. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. So I don't know if it'll yeah, be a what-if. I don't know if it'll be a what-if he beat Tony Stark, or whether it'll be, what if he just didn't die and it's just been a villain in the background? I, I, I'm like, yeah, Obadiah Stains can come back. I liked him; he was cool, and he gets angry yeah, at his employees when they fuck up. Because after all, Tony Stark building in a cave with a box of scraps. <laughs> yes, yes, he did. 
I'm really looking forward to that What If series. It's going to be kind of bittersweet, though, because you are going to get very last recordings of Chadwick Boseman as the Black Panther, because they've already confirmed that he filmed, or not filmed, he's recorded multiple uh, appearances for that TV series. So, yeah, obviously the art style looks a lot like a kind of motion graphic novel kind of thing, you know, like they did with The Watchmen and some of the later, uh, I know they did it kind of the end of, kind of the start of the 2000s. They, I think they did it with Extremis, Iron Man Extremis story. I think they did it with some of, uh, fuck's sake, Joss Whedon's um, Astonishing X-Men stories as well. So that looks quite interesting. I have not watched Iron Man Extremis because that's more of an anime style. Is Have you seen that? Is that any good? I've read it, but I've not seen it, no. Because I know there was like... Um... It had a very distinct art style, and I know there's like a, a semi-feature-length animation available to watch. It may have been on Netflix. I might have to search mm. that out. But I was going to say, mm. because there is the, the Marvel anime stuff, I think, is on UK Netflix now, and I'm definitely going to look that up, because I think they've got... They've definitely got the Wolverine one. What, Wolverine versus Hulk? No, Wolverine. So... I don't know if you're aware of this, but actually sometime in the early 2000s when Marvel were kind of getting their feet was, again. Was that an they, anime one in, uh, produced at the same time as the Iron Man one you've just referenced? Uh, Similar sort no, of I think it's style. a separate thing. Uh. No, when I say it's anime, I mean it's actually like proper anime. So they actually farmed it out to uh, Japanese anime studios and stuff as well. So there's a Wolverine one, there's a Blade one. Uh, there's definitely another one I can't remember the name of, but the Wolverine one basically adapts the uh, Wolverine in Japan arc. Cool. But it's done an anime style. They've done a Blade one, like I say, which is fucking Blade, isn't it? <laughs> Need I say more? Nice. Uh, which I'm quite looking forward to. And there is another one. It might be an X-Men one, possibly, that's not linked to the Wolverine one. But that's all done in anime style. Like I say, it's done by... Uh, proper traditional Japanese anime studios as well. So I think they're on UK Netflix. I'm, I will report back provided I can find them. Actually, do you know what? Let's get let's go look at our unofficial sponsor. That's justwatch.com. <laughs> yeah, there's an X-Men uh, Wolverine one as well. Yeah, they are on Netflix in the UK. Uh, I think you can buy them on Amazon Prime. You can get them on Google Video as well. And I'm Definitely sure there is a Blade one as well. But yeah, anyway, moving away from that now. Um, but not too far away, because the thing I'm most excited for is Loki. That that show okay, needs... I'm still not... That I'm show needs to happen. Sure. Like The fact it's got Owen Wilson in it, and you know he's going to say, wow. Wow. <laughs> you know he's going to say that at some point, and he's playing like an interesting thing. And this is going to be our first alternative reality look within the mcu I'm, I'm curious to see how that's going to start establishing uh be it multiverse or divergent timelines i'm just curious from that perspective let alone all the fun and games you can get up to with that uh divergent timeline as well mm. because technically he escapes during avengers which was 2012 so everything that happened in those films thereafter theoretically and his timeline now he could interact with so he can meet up with say ultron mm, who, who yes. wouldn't like james spader back for another bit of voice work for example i'm always in for james spader 
script, you know. So anything that happened in the film subsequent to that, there's no reason why he couldn't uh, help. Maybe it could be like Crash Bandicoot Four, and you're going to hate this, where you play That's the jump, you play the level as is Crash Bandicoot, and later on as one of the characters, be it Dingadal or um, Torna, you come back and affect something which helps out Crash. Do you reckon Loki might be doing some stuff like that? like quantum leap as well where he's going to be doing stuff in the background that actually helps helps out the avengers or main characters in their films potentially it'd be cool to see, if I, I don't want the whole show to be like that but it'd be cool if in one of them he did something that actually helped out four or actually helped out um say the hulk or something on one of his missions i could see that that would be quite a good way of plugging up some plot holes yeah, well. I, uh, and again, it, it's just interesting where this is technically a whole new timeline. I'm just curious to see, again, where where you are saying earlier on that Captain America 4 is happening. Well, is that going to be a new timeline? Is that going to show what he got up to with Peggy Carter in the past, potentially? You could have Captain America mm. in the 80s, which was that not where either the 80s or the 70s, for example, because I think he travelled back to the 1950s or 60s. Well, we could have Captain America in the 70s or 80s then, by extension, which was, if I'm not mistaken, when those original Captain America comics where he made his return, it was actually wrote in that time period. Yeah, I believe. That that could be interesting if, if the new film's actually a... The Virgin timeline potentially, or something. I'm just curious to see what they do with Loki because everything they do with Loki is going to be establishing how those different timelines or divergences work. I want to see how much it breaks the fabric of the universe. <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm assuming that's what's going to happen in the final couple of episodes. That Loki's going to go, yeah, you know what? I don't like really being sent out of missions and being controlled by you. Wow. Uh, I'm kind of hoping that he causes mischief. They either, arguably, I wouldn't mind if that was just a one a one and done series, and it ends with him actually collapsing that universe. Ooh, I've I've got to admit, although I've said before that I am getting a bit tired of the MCU, the new angle of the whole reality breaking uh, multiverses is actually getting me a little bit excited. So I'm going to yeah. be kind of following that thread, and ultimately. It's going to kind of be coming down to what um, what what ultimately Loki gets up to in, up to in that series. I think is going to make or break it because when it was announced, then they said, "Oh yeah, we're doing a Loki TV show." I was a bit like, mm, "Okay, must we?" Yeah, she's thinking, "Yeah, it's just a way to bring back Tom Hiddleston," and that's fine. Tom Hiddleston is good in that role. Don't get me wrong, but it's yeah, I don't have a lot of love for that character. Although I could be. Same can be said of the uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I wasn't really kind uh, of wanting honest. to watch it. I think you were similar as well when it was announced. You were like, yeah, yeah I don't really want to watch it. But actually, but having having watched it, I'm like, mm. I want more of this. I, I really like this. I hope they can carry this dynamic over into the films. Mm. Uh, and that it isn't just this... That he doesn't do what happened with, unfortunately, the earlier Netflix shows going, yeah, it's all set in the same world. We've got like Daredevil here and Kingpin here. I'm hoping with these Disney Plus shows that they do all the stuff that happens in the films impacts the shows. But I'm hoping it happens in reverse, that stuff that happens in the shows actually impacts the movies. 
and it's not just a one-way flow. I'm watching on a TV show, that's it. Anything that happens on the show isn't referenced. Again, I kind of don't want that. Like if um, if we suddenly had uh, so so say uh, not a spoiler, but in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you've seen from all the promo art that Bucky's got short hair again. Whereas the last yeah. time we saw him in Endgame, he had long hair. If the next time I see him in the movie, he's got long hair again, I'm going to be so annoyed to go. They couldn't even keep his new look. Like I, I want, I want it to work both ways. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. You no, know, no, that's fair. They got control of everything. I don't want it to fall like fail like Netflix did or like Fox did with the Agents of Shields, where it started a bit weak, got good to the end of the first season, and then it. It was just a case of going, nothing that happens in the show is feeding into the movie, so fuck it, let's just go off on a tangent. I'm like, I, I kind of don't want that. If you're going for a whole universe, especially if you're going multiverse just fucking double down and go for it. Again, all of this is going to feed into Doctor Strange and the multiverse of madness. That is the next film that I am really looking forward to, aside from uh, the new Spider-Man. I mean, I'll always have a lot of time for Spider-Man anyway because he is one of my favourite um, Marvel characters. Because, of course, he is. Uh, but, like I say, the whole timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly thing kind of is intriguing and reality Yes. Yeah, the yeah realities when, wouldn't it be like cool that. if in the Loki series it ends with him collapsing that universe, having ripple effects, and then as part of the multiverse of madness, Doctor Strange is travelling around through multiverses trying to fix everything back to a straight line from all these divergences. Mm, That'd yeah, that be quite cool. Work. And then there'd be nothing to stop people from escaping into the mainline continuity. So Loki could come back into the mainline uh, continuity or or stuff like that. That that could be an interesting thing, but you don't have to announce who managed to sneak in, for example. Mm. You know, you could have Ultron back, for example. Yeah, I'm always in for James Bader. Yeah. We like James Bader, so mm. I think um, I think at this point we're probably almost made this a Marvel podcast. So let's stop talking about Marvel. <laughs> Whoops. Well, no, it's <laughs> it's fine because I was just excited to talk about uh, some of the stuff I'd seen and he- heard. But I think it's time to move along. I think so. I don't know how long we've been going at this point, but yeah, let's um, let's let's kind of move along. So, what what else have you have you been watching? Anything else? I've actually taken a little stroll down the past to watch some Ooh. films from known racist Mel Gibson. Of course, of course. I yes. rewatched Lethal Weapon 1. Ooh, okay. Does it hold up? It really does, and it's a really good film. Like, It's notably darker than all the sequels because Mel Gibson's character does have suicidal tendencies in this film, and he acts really cavalier. Um, throughout and very uh, doesn't care whether he gets shot or hurt or dies, which was really really helps uh, helps it through. Uh, and does Danny Glover reacting to everything? It's brilliant. But did you know? Because you won't remember that Lethal Weapon ends with like a five to six minute fist fight between Mel Gibson and Gary Boosie. Jesus Christ! You know I've never seen Lethal Weapon. I I remember watching the I think I've seen the start of the first one when it's been on TV because I think they fairly recently I think they showed them all before they did before they showed the um the now cancelled Lethal Weapon TV series. Ooh, yeah, that was bad. Yeah, 
Um, you know it's bad when it gets recast and still gets cancelled. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, not a good series. But, um, yeah, I think I watched maybe the first five minutes, and I think I must have turned it over. Cause doesn't it start with uh, Mel Gibson's character? Uh, he's got a he's got a handgun or something. He's in the darkened room. He's going to shoot himself in the head or something. I can't remember now. Is that not how it starts or something? Not necessarily how it starts, but that's definitely seen in the film. And he says to Danny Glover later in, I've got a special bullet just for me. And it's a hollow point. So it'll blow the back of my head clean off. I'm not having any fuck ups. Um, It's brilliant. But going back to that fight scene at the end, like it's in the rain and it's on Danny Glover's front porch, essentially where Gary yeah. Boost has come over to have his fist fight. And, Ga- <laughs> and Danny Glover's running around his house, stopping all these cop cars that are piling up in the street, trying to like charge. He's like, no, 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 he's got this. Let him do it. Let him do it. Don't interfere. Don't interfere. <laughs> Whilst he's literally got Mel Gibson punching like Gary Boosie in the face and the front lawn. You've oh, got, like Lord. police choppers over air and that, like filming everything. And you're just like, come on, you've got this. And then the cops start cheering as well. Like, yeah, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> On the side. Oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. That's, uh, that, is, that just sounds so 80s. <laughs> yeah, and it's awesome. I, I did then go on and watch Lethal Weapon 2, and you can totally yeah. tell the dynamic change. It's not as dark, it's more buddy comedy, and it was a fine film. It just lost that edge, so I don't know if I'm going to continue on with Lethal Weapon 3 and Lethal Weapon 4. Yeah, that'll be, because they're Warner Brothers Studios films, right? I'm wondering uh, how much meddling they would have had. That they certainly, I believe the ratings drop in terms of like an 18 down to a 15, or um, whatever that equivalent is in the states. Um, they're certainly more focused on the humour, to my understanding. Yeah, like I say, I'm just wondering how much of an influence, uh, like Warner Brothers or whoever, obviously going. We like money. To, um, yeah, that's quite Pratt. possible. Yeah. Uh, um, how much of an influence they would have had yeah that, that's that's the sad thing but I, I definitely recommend you should watch the first one at some point I think definitely I probably will do because the first the first one's definitely a solid film I definitely think might if you're saying that the last two kind of dip off in critical reception I think that's definitely going to be a uh possibly a podcast episode in the future. I will definitely have to put them on the list for sure. Oh, and he said the magic phrase. Ding, 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 ding. Bonus round. Bonus round. Welcome to the new monthly instalment of The List. Oh, Jesus Christ. Now, how often have you heard Dave refer to on his podcast, on his live streams of The Mysterious List? The List in itself is a fabled mystical thing. (laughs) For years and years and years, I've been telling Dave to watch stuff, recommend stuff to him, and he always says to me, yeah, it's on the list, I'll get to it. And he never does. So this week on the list, I would like oh, to discuss Lord. with you Ash versus the Evil Death. Ash oh, versus the Evil sake. Death and how you've not watched that. <laughs> would, you, would you firstly agree that it's on the list? It's on the list. Yes, listeners, it's been on the list. Now, that show first released in 2015. Yes. So that has been on your list for six years at this time. Yes. It's a really good show, and you really need to read that. And that is me saying this 
And you are, would you say that you are a self-described fan of Bruce Campbell? Yes. And yet you still have not watched Ash vs. the Evil Dead. Would you say also you're a fan of the Evil Dead films? For those people at home, I've got my head in my hands and I'm really embarrassed right now. But yes. And again, this is on your list and you've not, and you've not watched it. Uh, I just can't fathom how after six years and three seasons, three seasons of a show that ticks two of your boxes, and I know you're going to like this because it has the gore and the squishy stuff that you like, as well as the crazy laugh-out-loud humour and silliness with the gore. And the guy has a fucking chainsaw for a hand, by the way. <laughs> I, I cannot fathom how you've not watched this and how it sits forever, forevermore on the list. Look, I made progress with it in the fact that I now own them all. Previously, I didn't. I just had series one on DVD. I've now got them all on Blu-ray. So I've, I've made progress. Progress has been made within six years. I, I find that to be a flawed defence in so much as you always are buying <laughs> DVDs, Blu-rays and CDs and then just leaving them on your shelf and never open them. I bet it's still in the tinfoil. No, it's not. It's open, actually. I opened it. Ah, just to go, yes, I'm never going to watch you stroking the disc. <laughs> well, that's enough for this week on the list. Moving yeah, on to check our... in next month. Yeah, check yeah. in next month for another item on Dave's list. <laughs> God. I am I am just I'm in pieces right now. I'm red and flushed and oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, on that note, shall we offer some little teasers as to what may be coming up on the Anyone for Seconds podcast in the coming weeks. But yes, let's um let's certainly do that. Theme month is happening. Soon, very, very soon, uh, as in the next couple of weeks. So we've we're doing something a little bit different. Uh we're gonna be looking at one would you call it a franchise as a whole? I would I definitely call it a franchise. Yeah, so we're gonna take a look at a franchise. We're gonna be looking at a couple of its the the multimedia empire. I would say they cause a huge shockwave and ripple in society. Hook and tease, hook and tease. I think that's enough of a tease for now, wouldn't you say? I, I think so. Just like I say, we've got a lot of exciting things coming up in the pipeline for sure. Uh, as well, live streams are going to be happening again. I think I did. Actually, I don't think I know. I did a couple uh, like a few weeks ago, so we streamed Resident Evil 3 Remake. That was a lot of fun, so thank you very much to everybody coming along to that. Mm-hmm. I streamed Rogue Trooper Redo as well, which was full of jank and a lot of fun. Uh, thank you very much to Matt for supplying that for us. <laughs> yeah, it was extremely jank, but it was just the right kind of jank. <laughs> So hopefully on the live streaming front, uh, the Matt's been working tirelessly. Matt's been tirelessly working on stream layouts and stuff. So thank you very much for that. So hopefully I'm going to be able to get some retro streams going as well at some point because my retro machine is now pretty much up and running. So hopefully going to be streaming some. My understanding is potentially you've got some old PS1, some Sega stuff. Do you have any old school Nintendo? I've I've got GameCube, but GameCube's being difficult to kind of stream at the moment. Oh. I've not sussed it. There's sound issues. There is one certain game 
that I really, really do want to stream, but we need to do that one together because, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, I very much believe at some point we should do some nostalgia streams. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, so that's definitely going to happen for sure. Once uh, lockdown restrictions have lifted a lot more, there is there is a watch along coming as well at some point. I mean, there will be polls going up for as to what we want to watch. So thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Uh, you can get in contact with us. We're over on Twitter as at anyone podcast. We're on Facebook as well. Give us a search. You're going to find us. Longer rants, rambles, considerations can be sent via email to anyone for seconds at gmail.com. Oh, don't forget, we do uh, we do Twitch streams over at twitch.tv forward slash anyone podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling pretty full now. I think I've had my uh, side order of fries. Thank you for your side order. And remember that staying tuned for the main course on this Sunday's Anyone for Seconds.